0: I have not read the light novels. Have you read the light novels?
1: Oh no way! No, Mm-mm. I haven't done that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no time. I <laughs> got time for no reading. I'm watching shows left and right, Ryan. When am I gonna be reading stuffs? <laughs> the new american otaku my name is ryan and i'm here with my co-host tommy and today we are covering a pretty badass slice of life slash fantasy i guess you could call it what would what would you call this here tommy
1: i mean it's yeah a little sci-fi i think it's kind of sci-fi-ish it's less fantasy to me and more more sci-fi yeah
0: well yeah no i hear what you're saying because like Anyways, what what is the show? Let's we'll get into that in a second. But what is the show that we're actually covering today? <laughs> we
1: are covering an interesting show that is called, we'll just get right into the name here. It's called Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Tommy,
0: I thought we agreed not to do echi on the show.
1: Yeah, I I was confused when you suggested this one cuz I think, you know, right off the <laughs> bat, the worst part about the entire show to me, we're just starting there. Yeah. Is then is the name the name maybe that's the title of the show the title of the show really is kind of off putting and is the reason I don't think I listened to it would you
0: say it's somewhat provocative perhaps or um... Oof.
1: um yeah I don't even know what to call it I just I just saw it I saw that cover art they have on on Crunchyroll there and I just didn't I, I was like mm.
0: you straight noped out of that <laughs> like I imagine
1: you know they say not to judge a book by its cover but. Uh, this one I was like well you know what I am not in high school and that does not appeal to me at the moment so
0: you don't want to you didn't want to want to watch about a bunny girl senpai that was not your not your idea of fun I I did well you have watched it now and what like what we were saying is like you said it's a bit of a sci-fi. What what do you mean by that?
1: Sci-fi. Why do I say it's sci-fi? So I think fantasy tropes are more like you have animals, you have swords, you go to some other world, and you're pew pew magics and stuff. But this one is more um, the, the the things that are happening in it are more close to home. I would say they're more they explain a lot of them with scientific terms. They they mentioned quantum mechanics a few times. They mentioned Laplace's demon. Uh, so they're kind of getting into more of the sciency things and less of the explain it away with magic. Everyone has metachlorians, you know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. Okay. I get get what you're saying. So basically the use of things like quantum mechanics, which is pretty much featured in this, I I would actually go so far as to say that all of the strange phenomena that occur within the show are framed within the context of quantum phenomena exhibiting themselves at a macroscopic level. Yeah. Uh, But that's also the reason why I call it fantasy because that just doesn't happen. Like they basically took the idea of like Schrodinger's cat and said, yeah, what if that was real? Schrodinger's cat can't, that's not a thing that's like that's a thought experiment people <laughs> like
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i think I, I i don't know i'm not i don't write books we, we don't really critique anything other than this but inevitably i think this is how you kind
0: of separate the two in in my mind in the in the world of anime and in and, and movies and stuff yeah i think the term sci-fi can fit here mm. but let's drop that we're talking about an anime mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if it's science fiction or fantasy because in my opinion This was a pretty good show. I don't know. What did you think overall?
1: Yeah, again, like right off the bat, I was afraid that I was getting into something that I was going to be uncomfortable watching. You know how anime likes to just throw those scenes in there where the girl bends over a lot and you're always getting these awkward
0: shots. I've been caught watching anime and I just had to (laughs) shut it off because it's gotten a little too... Little too risque, a little, little, a little too. It's just, I just didn't want to see that, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want that character to be in that position, but there they are, and I'm like, okay, I, I don't really want to watch this anymore, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. So, it did seem like the title does seem to imply that there's some sort of risque or sexy sort of things going on in the show, and honestly. That's not really the case, right?
1: Yeah. Speaking of that, do you, do you remember the number of times that the bunny girl senpai actually appears on screen?
0: I believe it's uh, once or twice. <laughs>
1: it's it's two times. They only only twice in the entire season do they present it, and it's like for a really brief period of time. And yeah, it's
0: right at the beginning <laughs> of the show, actually. So
1: yeah, it's the beginning, and then and then uh, much later, actually, in uh, one of the second arcs, the second arc. Oh, remember? yeah, when, when
0: she's tutoring him. She's tutoring right, him. Right. She like. Tosses it on. (laughs) But that entire timeline goes away. (laughs) So where do we want to begin with this show, Ryan? Well, okay, so the the, the rough premise is that the, the show is based on a light novel we were talking about this right before we began and the light novel it's the I put the first five books of the light novels Uh, yes I believe so yeah and so the show itself is a 13 episode like I would call it like un, what would nowadays be called like a normal season like 13 mm-hmm. episodes 12 13 episodes and it's broken down into these five arcs and each of the arcs uh, revolves around a character named uh, Sakuta uh, Azugawa who's effectively the rascal protagonist of the show and Basically, involving him or involving people in his life, really weird things tend to happen that he get he dubs um, as adolescence or puberty syndrome, where these children or these you know high school students or middle school students are experiencing phenomena that the adults don't really experience or understand what's going on. So, and it can also be uh, misconstrued by others because not nobody's actually observing it except for the kids themselves. And the very first arc. is about a one of his senpais, who's because he's a second year in high school, and I guess she's a third year. Her name is Mai. She's basically the second main character of the show. Is Mai. Is slowly disappearing from view for everyone else in reality. She's slowly disappearing to everyone but him, and his effective quest to try to figure out why she's disappearing and save her from disappearing. So these types of scenarios are basically played out through all the rest of the arcs in the show. And like I said, there's five of them. And as it kind of goes to as he has a kohai or you know a, a younger student that is having an issue where they kind of get into a weird Groundhog Day scenario where the days are repeating. Mm -hmm. He has a friend who's a scientist who ends up splitting into two and she has to figure he has to help her figure out why and help her like basically come back together as one person Mm -hmm. Uh, another involving uh, Mai and her sister swapping bodies. Which is a very, like, kind of like a strange, like, but also a kind of a tropey sort <laughs> yeah. of thing, which is pretty fun. And then finally, the last arc, which I think we're going to dedicate a little bit of time to just because of its um its gravity, involves his sister, who the during the entire show has been kind of like a side character. But they systematically drop a bunch of information about her that leads into this very emotional last arc. So I know I'm not getting too far into the details on things, but I, I think that pretty much covers the premise of what's going on.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. You know, each arc is itself a light novel. They they kind of cover that pretty well in how they display the show. So, yeah, it's good. I think that's exactly how it plays out. I, I would say that the last arc is, you know, about his sister and uh, Sakata himself. You know, it's that's their whole thing has played out at that point through the entirety of the show. And you don't really like you don't really understand it. They don't really explain a lot of it throughout the show that you just know that his sister has experienced adolescent syndrome and he experienced it himself in conjunction with his sister. But they never go into it <laughs> until the very end. But yeah, they, they kind of they don't rip the cord they, up from they, underneath you.
0: <laughs> right. So the most that you get about how he's experienced it is that he's an outcast at high school mm-hmm. and everyone. Believes a story that he ended up getting into a fight that put some kids into the hospital. But in reality, what had happened was he had some sort of reaction after his sister had some sort of reaction to being outcasted at school. Yeah. He has scars on his chest where it was as if a beast had rip, began ripping him open. Mm-hmm. And you get some of this and you kind of understand and get an explanation of what's going on. But both he and his sister are very guarded about the entire situation and you don't find out until a lot later what's going on especially with his sister mm-hmm. so like as it turns out she's actually lost all of her memories <laughs> And that causes like their mom to go crazy. And then he moves away. That's why they live alone. Because the idea is, is that they move away so that she can recover in some way and then eventually come back together. But you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like most the majority of the show till maybe about episode, what, 10, 11. You never, never hear anything about it.
1: They, they really cap it off in 12 and 13. So I think it's in episode 12 that you kind of like 11. They start, uh, Kaede starts like going outside and opening up. 12 like ends with, I think, her going to school. At night, coming home and then waking up the next morning like
0: <laughs> boop, she's she's back she's to back.
1: normal from two years ago, completely lost two years.
0: And it's it's particularly heartbreaking because the personality that she exhibits during the entire show, the personality that you got to actually know Kaede as is gone. Just completely gone.
1: This breaks Sakata because Sakata has built these relationships with all these other people throughout the show. And they have built relationships with his sister. And now that version of his sister just overnight, poof, gone. I
0: th- I think one of the most particularly heartbreaking parts about it is, is that version of his sister was afraid to go outside. So mm-hmm. she was basically a recluse, but through the relationships that Sakata had made with Mai and with his Kohai and things of that nature, she eventually started to open up. And as we get to episode twelve, like right before this all goes down, she's finally decided to start coming out of her shell and is finally oh, making progress. Yeah. Oh, and sword. right as right <laughs> as she just makes it to school, but so the okay, so here's one thing: when they go to school, they end up sneaking in at night, so it's not really like she made it to school on her own. Mm-hmm. And this is her whole dream. This is her whole goal is to go to school during the day. And right before she gets to achieve that goal, she's gone. As if she dies. And I, I even have notes here about it because it's so damn heartbreaking. Because as you find out later, yeah, she knew she wasn't going to be there much longer. Yeah. It was as if she knew she was going to die. And she stared into the face of that mortality and decided to try to make herself better regardless of that. Which is just
1: oh, so heart wrenching.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm not crying. It's just raining on my face, yeah. right? Like <laughs>
1: Yeah, that one was, oh man, that last episode is a, is a doozy. You know what? Sakata in this, you know, he's super emotional. He kind of re-experiences his own, you know, the slash on his chest opens up and stuff like that. But then this character who is kind of in and out, ever present, but unexplained throughout the entire show shows back up and kind of like helps him. So Shoko pops back in and helps him out, but they never explain Shoko like all the way through. Not really. He's the only one who's ever seen her in her adult form. There's like two forms of this character. It's really
0: bizarre. Yeah. So I think she's like his actualization of this adolescent syndrome. It's like his own personal one and he's never able to resolve it. He's able to help all of the other characters resolve their adolescent syndrome but I don't think he ever truly resolves his.
1: Yeah, I was thinking that at some point they were going to wrap that up and his like scar would go away and everything would be but I mean I guess honky dory. I guess but this no. isn't the end of the this this show too doesn't end at the season's end, right? The the light novels go on for another I think it goes to like eleven and we're only ending at six in the shows, right? So
0: Gotcha. So as far as we understand here, yeah. I have not read the light novels. Have you read the light novels?
1: Oh, no way. No. Mm-mm. <laughs>
0: No time. I got time for no readings. Got
1: to be watching shows left and right, Ryan. When am I going to be reading stuff? Yeah,
0: I haven't read it, though. Now that I'm learning more about it and I've rewatched the show, because back when the show came out, man, it was one of my favorites of the season. Hmm. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of people avoided it because of the very reasons that you stated at the beginning. And I just gave it a try because it seemed to have extremely high ratings Mm. on Crunchyroll. Mm. I was like, okay, well, either that's because there's a lot of perverts on Crunchyroll, which is not necessarily untrue, but um, <laughs> or it's actually a good show. And so, but when I, when I watched it, I was like, man, this is so great. I think this is like the sleeper hit of 2018, I think, you know, whatever the hell I was saying back then. Because mm-hmm. you have to remember, I was, how would I put it? Before I started really getting, God, I hate to say this the way I'm going to say it, you're going to laugh so hard. <laughs> before I started getting serious about watching anime, <laughs> I didn't watch as much as I did before. It was really over the course of 2020, you know, go figure, that I started watching a lot more anime than I had before. So it actually had been a bit of a change in my watching habits. And I've watched a lot more anime Mm. since I originally watched this. And going back to it, man, I forgot just how damn good this show is. Just overall, just how damn good it is. So it makes me want to go find those light novels and consume them, you know, greedily with my eyeballs. So,
1: like, what do you think makes it so good, though? Like, what is in your opinion? Like, makes it a good show okay
0: so a couple criteria one any show that makes me ball like a bitch with a skin knee (laughs) is gonna like it's gonna be good on my list because like i'm a a reasonably sensitive you know person like but i don't like cry out of nowhere very often Mm. but any show where i'm watching it i'm so engaged with the characters and i find the story so tragic and heartbreaking yet beautiful at the same time i think i'm gonna rate it pretty highly Mm. like if that's like the way if it feels beautiful to me I think that's that's one of the things. But I also thought the production value on this show was top notch. Almost everything about it—from the animation, the movement, the dialogue. Tommy, mm-hmm. what did you think about the dialogue in this show?
1: Oh yeah, man. I, th- there's something about how they dis- how they choose to, to to turn the dialogue around on its head from from what you would expect. That's just quite. It's quite nice to uh, listen to that and watch the characters play through that. Because normally you would expect. You know, there's a bit of a trope in here of one high school boy, a lot of high school girls, and they're all focused sort of on him, right? That's like the harem-y yeah, anime yeah. thing. that That is present here, but it's done in a different way. Like, he has literally one primary focus, and he states over and over again, that is his primary focus, and he's like, just kind of, he leans into people who are like, you're a, a bit of perv, and he's like, ooh, I'll have pervy thoughts, rather than being like, I'm not a perv, and like running away from it. I, I don't know. Sure.
0: Yeah, so he he is in love with Mai from the beginning. From the The start. bunny girl senpai. Yeah. And he literally, in the first arc, screams it to the entire school in order to help <laughs> her come back into reality, right? He does do that. And he consistently, no matter what happens, including when he has to pretend to date his younger Kohai student-like friend mm-hmm. to make it so that she can, you know, survive what appears to be just ruthless politics of Jack. Japanese high schools.
1: Well, but like, I think that's her own construction.
0: Well, yeah, I guess so. I guess that's her own construction then because I don't think any of her friends seem like bad folks. Right. We can
1: talk about that in a sec, but yeah, yeah. He screams it's the crowd. Yeah. Even through having to fake date someone else for an entire semester. And the whole
0: time going, this can never be anything because I'm in love with my, and uh, so like from the beginning, from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, he just insists that he's in love with Mai. yeah. Yeah. You're not getting that like, Ooh, will they won't, they which harem mm, which is best girl kind of thing you already know best girl is it's my and well actually it's probably as far as just girl and not necessarily love interest it's probably kaede Mm -hmm. but like memory loss kaede because you don't get to really know Like the actual kaede. Yeah. It's very complicated. You just got to watch the show.
1: So, I was going to say, they, they do things too that are, are nice to see. Like, so in that second arc with Koga san, they do something interesting where normally it's like the guy is trying to choose between two. And they broach that right in the beginning. Mai says, like, what if this turns into something? And for Koga, it does. Sh- she, yeah, that's ends the thing. No. She ends up at the mm-hmm. very end of that arc screaming to, like, to him, you know, that she loves him, and he's like, "You did, you did your best. Good job, good job, yelling that at me."
0: <laughs> but sorry, but I love my. <laughs> No, and what's really funny is when uh, when Mai tells him, hey, be careful, we would not want anybody to fall in love, it's ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And so you as the viewer believe she's talking about him falling in love with her, but I honestly don't think, like for me, I just, it didn't cross my mind that maybe, you know, Tomoe would fall in love with him because, well, he's a rascal, right? So. They
1: flip that trope a little bit. And uh, that's good. That's, I mean, that's a good part right there. I, I liked that little arc. Mm-hmm. In that arc too, just to explain it a bit, Koga is trying to avoid some situation where she like upsets her friend group by dating some dude who turns out to be kind of a dick anyway. Yep. And they are repeating groundhog day style the same day until our protagonist sort of approaches her about it and is like you, can, you can't do this. That's when they start dating. And then they, they end up going through an entire semester.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's not an entire semester. I think it's three weeks that they have to go through. They have to finish uh, out the semester. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, so what ends up it's really funny too because at the very end of the last arc when, when Sakata is out screaming Mai's name and how he loves her, she says that he has to do that for a whole month straight mm-hmm. before she'll believe him. That if he can do that for a month, Month straight, she'll believe him and start dating him.
1: Oh, and they cut—they cut right to the last day. The last
0: <laughs> day is where this this arc starts, and it's the perfect day for Sakata. <laughs>
1: he's so happy.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's so happy. And honestly, you as the viewer are kind of so happy for him. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Fucking Groundhog Day. So then to pick it up where you where you left off, then she ends up explaining the situation to him. He understands it, and being the good rascal that he is, tells her that they can end up dating.
1: Fake dating. They pretend to date.
0: Yeah, it's it's complicated. It's like three weeks of fake dating, I guess. She needs to maintain the
1: school reputation in her own mind because she thinks that that is her entire existence, but she doesn't. She likes, but doesn't want to like her new self. Uh, it's so strange. This arc is, it's an interesting kind of conversation about how she came from the country and changed herself and has friends now, but has this huge fear that she's going to do something wrong And lose everyone. And
0: be left alone and be truly embarrassed by the fact that she's left alone.
1: Every one of the the characters who go through this adolescent syndrome have this like huge... Uh, like emotional or philosophical thing that they're just battling. They're
0: wrangling with, right? Yeah, yeah, they're wrangling with those things. And I think that's actually kind of like, now that you mention it, just thinking about it here, it's kind of like the core concept here. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, this is a psychological thing. Yeah. I guess you can interpret the actions that occur, like the really strange things that occur, as being real, or you can interpret them as the viewer, as being a metaphor for the internal struggles of these kids. Though they do explicitly show weird things. Like when uh, Mai and his sister and just her like sister pop, sister pop into each other, like switch places. And then Futaba, who's his kind of scientist friend, who's always telling him about the different quantum mechanical and sciency theories. She has two people and she just disappears when she's on the phone with herself sort of thing. So
1: they do that one in a different way. Like he looks away and when he looks back, the phone's just hanging there. Yeah. Right? I think the sister one, he's like staring at them and you visually see them switch. That one was yes. a little jarring because... I sort of expected them to do a similar thing where they cut to something else, like maybe that little tin on the floor. But no, you actually like see it and there's a, a noise. There's like an audible. Oh, it's like a really disgusting sort
0: of like <laughs> meat th- yeah. noise
1: kind of thing. It's the meat noise. You know, it's the it's meat the, noise.
0: It's the meat noise. You know that <laughs> noise. <laughs> uh, Nobody wants the meat noise, Tommy. No one wants <laughs> no the meat it noise. It, it, yeah, so I guess one way you can think of it as a metaphor, but you have two really like prime examples yeah. of where it just isn't. Also, you do see the scars on Sakata's chest and later in the final arc that we already discussed, you end up seeing those scars reopen Bleed. where he's like yeah, literally bleeding. bleeding, right? So, it's hard to say because and this is why this is where I get into why I think it's like even though you could classify it as like categorically science fictiony because of its use of science, sure. where I think it's almost more of a um, of a fantasy where like the the ideas and morals inside things like fairy tale fantasies talk about things as if they're real but they're actually just very very strong metaphors for some sort of lesson i it's not clear to me i think you would have to just ask the author but um uh you know the light novels but i i think that's one one potential way that you could interpret it if you so chose
1: yeah so i think that actually makes this show a lot a lot more enjoyable because it's not Again, from the cover, from the get-go, I thought it was more etchy, more aimed at that high school boy who is, I don't know, looking to stare at some side boob. But uh, in reality, the show is, is quite layered. You know, you're trying to think of the emotional state of these people. How did Mai get so upset with her career in showbiz that she's fading from existence? How does Koga get into this really terrible situation with her own mental state where she, like, cannot resolve the fact that her friends won't leave her if she slightly changes or she can't resolve any little situation because she's so afraid of losing all of her friends. And, you know, his sister and her state of just being so traumatized and Futaba, what was hers? Hers was.
0: Oh, Futaba was actually like posting risque pictures on yeah. like an Instagram social media equivalent where she'd started off. She
1: had this like mental split, right?
0: She had a body image issue because she developed like, uh, you know, boobies a little faster. And <laughs> like, yes, boobie. Bo- I was going to try to be, you know, not that about it. But sure, <laughs> booby. She got big booby real fast. Like blah, blah, blah. No, she uh-huh. she developed a lot faster than her peers, and that made her feel very self-conscious. But in one way to try to like, I don't know, like deal with it, she started taking photos of herself and they became more and more risque as she got more and more followers on mm-hmm. on Instagram. So this split her personality into one part that was wanting to keep doing it to be able to deal with her body image issues. Then another part that found it I think potentially shameful, or just didn't like, didn't didn't feel comfortable with it. Effectively,
1: and and a lot of that revolved around her sort of love interest. Of... Oh yeah,
0: Yuma. He's so another thing is is that there's like a, a, a kind of like a friendship between Sakuta, Yuma, and Futaba, and they're all very close friends. You know, same age, coming up through this high school. But this whole time, and you you get like little pieces of it, but you get more and more as you get into her arc. You find out that Futaba's kind of got like a huge crush on. On Yuma, and so yeah, you're right. This whole body image issue thing is wrapped up with the way she feels about Yuma and not being able to confess to him and stuff like that, because he has a girlfriend who antagonizes the shit out of Sakada. <laughs>
1: like <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah,
0: I love I love Saki. Man, yeah,
1: she's got that red hair, that that angry face, everything. She's so she's always like approaching him and yelling at him. Yeah,
0: she's the yelly one. I, she's uh, she's the obnoxious. Angry,
1: the angry screamer. Oh, I like in the credits after the whole show's over right yeah you do catch Futaba uh th- those three are, are standing in that lab setting and he's looking in the window the basketball player and she's by the window but she like has her hair up and so she she's kind of it looks like she sort of accepted both parts uh and I, th- I thought that was like a nice little aside they wrap a few things up in that ending scene mm. in the credits and I was like ah nice
0: yeah there a lot of the a lot of the endings of these arcs are extremely satisfying mm-hmm I think some more so than others. I think the last arc was wasn't exactly satisfying because it was like it was very painful, but at least it had resolved. Life was able to move forward, and for that, like as far as my feelings about the characters are concerned, I was glad for for that to have happened. But man, it was rough because I really liked like Amnesia Kaede. She was she was like a hilarious, like really sweet character. Loved pandas. <laughs> like I just can't always wearing that stupid fucking.
1: Panda. pajamas
0: because she was always at yeah. panda pajamas when she' always onesie. at home <laughs>
1: that's so funny so do you think that they left that kind of ambiguous because there's more to go on later
0: I I can only imagine if there's 11 yeah. night light novels there's probably tons more that this that the author has gotten into hmm. about this particular arc and we even you said I think when we were talking before you said there's a movie that covers the fifth and sixth book right
1: there is a movie that covers I think six and seven
0: hold on six and seven. Oh yeah six and yeah, six seven six and right.
1: seven and that the movie's called Rascal Does Not Dream of a Dreaming Girl which is the name of the sixth light novel so that's the movie yeah. that came out in 2016 2018 was the movie 2019 was the movie.
0: 2019, so a year after the year after the show. Mm-hmm. So it's possible we could see a second season when we get up to what maybe 12 or 13 books if they mm-hmm. if they get released to cover another five arcs in addition to supplementing the the movie. I haven't watched the movie, but I'm like I was saying, I'm pretty interested in going and reading these books now because the story is just so damn good. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I have noticed is like having watched shows and went, wow, I like this show so much, I want to read the book. Sometimes the book gives you an insight on the characters in a way that the anime doesn't. Mm. and actually changes them. This happened for me with Don Machi. Uh, so like I'm curious if that's going to be the case here because in mm. it, like we were talking about here most of this show the characters are pretty wholesome. There is like jesting of uh, like he makes like loot, like the rascal makes lewd comments but they're always done in such a way it's where it's like he's just kind of joking, joking around yeah. and not being serious or trying to be creepy about it or anything. Except a couple times with Mai but that's like a whole thing because they're like dating. So, <laughs> But like my my I guess my biggest fear would be if I read the light novel is that he actually is just a giant pervert and that they like toned him the hell down for for the.
1: For the i don't know that seems like it would be a that, that would be a huge departure though if they if they did that in the show it yeah. would
0: be it would be a gigantic departure it's possible. There's different readings of characters, right? Like, so in also the way that the books are translated Damn. from Japanese to English, you can, you have a lot of leeway. They're not a, it's not like there's like a one to one Japanese mm-hmm. to English dictionary that takes all colloquialisms and evenly distributes them across the languages or whatever. <laughs>
1: It'd be a tough read if it was just direct translation. To
0: answer your question more directly, I think there's more to all of these characters, or at least some of them, especially for the fact that we don't get to really know too much about Shoko, who is this mysterious girl who mm-hmm. comes to aid Sakuta when he's in his most, I guess, dire situation. So I think that that, that probably gets mm-hmm. resolved would be my guess. But you as the listener of this podcast will have to go find that out for yourselves because we did not read or watch anything further than this just... The the season because that takes <laughs> more time than we had. So we do have one one more arc to talk about, I think, uh, or at least to get into a bit if, if you want to. And that's the sister swap arc. So you, you want to fill us in on exactly what happened in that part of the show?
1: Sakata is dating Mai at this point. Pretty, pretty good. You don't know, though, that Mai has a sister who is also kind of in showbiz. And one day he comes out and he's like, oh, hey, Mai. She's like standing on the street. He runs over to her, grabs her hands, like professes his love. And she's like, who? Are you?
0: (laughs) He's like, I'm your boyfriend. And then she goes, how could my big sister have a boyfriend with such dead eyes?
1: Yeah. And uh, so they've swapped bodies, which is just, you know,
0: very classic. classic.
1: And it gets into it gets into why, you know, again, there's always some emotional reason or some psychological reason that these things seem to happen. And for this particular set, um, the younger sister is envious of the older sister's success, and this goes into her Mm -hmm. parents, and they both have a showbiz background where their parents are kind of pushy. And it it also goes the other way, though, where uh, Mai has kind of leaned on her sister's support for a long time, but kind of secretly. And so they both have this kind of love-hate thing where uh, there's like a tension there and neither one has spoken to the other one about it. Yeah. And it just gets weird. And so in this arc, because they've swapped bodies, they have to take over each other's showbiz roles. Yeah. (laughs) And the younger sister
0: does kind of a medium job of it. Of course, because Mai is like, the model person, right? So yeah,
1: and it all resolves with. Um, how does it resolve, Ryan? You you tell us. What
0: ends up happening is at some point, Mai and her little sister, who is named Nodoka, Nodoka. Hi, so it does okay. So Mai and her little sister Nodoka end up getting into a, like a big argument and Nodoka decides that she doesn't want to stay with Mai at all. So effectively what ends up happening is Mai in Nodoka's body ends up staying at Sakata's house while Nodoka stays in Mai's body at Mai's house. But during this entire time, she ends up not doing so well and Mai kind of predicts that she's not taking care of the house and things are kind of, you know, unclean or whatever. So she effectively tricks Sakata into going over over there and taking care of her little sister, but as she says this, she tells she tells Sakata, whatever you do, don't look inside this particular set of cabinets. And I guess I think she says the Japanese style room, right? <laughs> what does he do? Of course, he you know goes in and he sees that the place is a wreck. So he cleans up and makes dinner for uh, Nodoka and talks with her and calms her down and like draws a bath and ends up hanging out with her and um, not in the bath, but like you know separately and stuff like that. And then when she's in the bath, he goes over to immediately goes over to the cabinet and like looks inside and goes oh man those two just need to make up already and you find out later that when they when Mai and Notica were both young Notica being I don't know maybe a, maybe a year younger than Mai a year or two younger than Mai um, doesn't seem like she's incredibly a lot younger Notica used to write letters to Mai after she found out that she was her big sister and that Mai kept and cherished all of these letters (laughs) so that she actually loves the fact that she has a little sister who loves her and was always supportive of her. And actually through that love of her little sister, that made her want to continue acting and working in show business and try hard to accomplish the things that Mm -hmm. she does. So effectively, when it all shakes out he just, like, brings them together and was like, you should tell her about these, like, the fact that you're, like, not a horrible person and that you do yeah. love her. And then they cry and hug. And that's when you get that weird meat noise pop. And then they switch back between the two different, bo- which is extremely <laughs> jarring because it's kind of a touching scene. And then all of a sudden that happens. You're like, it's "Like I'm a little nauseous. And like, e- even even Sakata's like, whoa, <laughs> what the fuck? He's got that like look on his face. <laughs>
1: so that one's like inferiority complex? I think so. I
0: think, I, I think it, well, it's be, also uh, inferiority complex you know? plus step-siblings, right? You know, you have a father, their shared father, but then the competition of their mothers and the stress that they feel due to the competition Mm -hmm. of their mothers trying to establish themselves as more important than one another. And you combine that with the fact that, you know, there's feelings of abandonment from Mai as her, you know, father just left to go have this new life with another woman. And then the fruit of that new life with this other woman is her sister. So there's some level of animosity there, right? So, yeah, I, I think inferiority complex plus like complications of family is what what brings us on.
1: I think it kind of all resolves, you know, they talk it out and it resolves with Nodoka literally saying like, do I have to be as good as you? And Mai's like, you know, you can if you want to. And she's like, I don't want to. I don't want to be exactly like you. And I think she yeah, kind of yeah. established her own identity in that moment. And then they like, and then they meat pop.
0: Honestly, you got to go... Like, if you haven't watched this show yet, you should go watch it just <laughs> for that meat pop so you know what the hell we're talking about. So you, too, can be grossed the hell out. Just for the meat uh, pop. Uh, uh, yeah, so... We, we did them out of order, but I think that pretty much covers all of the plot for this show in its entirety. Is there anything else in particular you want to talk about plot-wise?
1: No, I mean, I think we hit both the plot and kind of what I think the the author is trying to express in sort of all of these different kind of adolescent complexes or issues, psychological yeah, so Yeah, I,
0: I think overall, thematically, the show and the story that the show is based on are... Meant to defy expectations, everything from the title, like you mentioned, Tommy, about the title being kind of risque and then just not really being at all about what the show's about, all the way down to the dialogue and some of the quips that that, that are used and what you would expect to happen. Um, Production wise, I thought it was really good. Did you have thoughts on the way it was produced, any of the sound or animation or anything like that? Anything you noticed? Well,
1: sound-wise, I liked both the opening and the ending themes. They, they're they kind of poppy, good to listen to. I enjoyed those quite a bit. They even kind of toss in a, a humorous sort of made-up song in the middle of one of the episodes. In, in the SISCON arc, they, they toss in a little song they made up. Of. I was like, oh, it's catchy, catchy kind of Japanese pop idol stuff. I, I thought a lot of the sound work that I noticed, like there was a few things that stood out to me uh, here and there. And I was like, oh, that was like, that was a thoughtful addition that they put in. There's actually in that last arc, he's like looking in the fridge and he is just coming out of his stupor from his his sister totally changing. And, and you, you like hear the fridge, you hear him bite into this tomato of all things. And uh, there's just a lot going on in that, in that last couple of episodes that I thought was pretty good uh, production wise. Yeah, it was just it was good. I liked I liked the style. I liked the visuals. Everything was was nice. Everything.
0: Was, I thought everything was really clean and tight. Again, this is like a this is effectively like a slice of life high school fantasy slash sci-fi drama. Right. So you're not going to get super amazing animated you know fight scenes or anything <laughs> like that like you're not that's not what it's not an action anime you're just not going to get that so you're almost in some ways a bit limited by what can be done but i thought they did some actually pretty tasteful use of 3d animation by limiting it to vehicles like the um, i think all the vehicles in the show were 3d animated and then oh, cel shaded I didn't even notice. Yeah, but it was really, it was so, it, you really had to be looking for it to see it. Mm. It's not like some of the other shows that we reviewed where it was just like obvious. It's like, okay, well, they just put a 3D thing in the middle of the show for n- no apparent reason, but <laughs> all right, I guess that's what they did. Mm. It, it kind of reminded me of that quality of um, the scene at the end of uh, Wagnaria season one where... Um, God, I forget her name already. It's like my favorite character. Uh, the 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 girl who has um androphobia standing in front of the mirror right before she goes on her date. And like right. that whole scene is all 3D animated, but it's done in such a tasteful and nice way that it's not like too noticeable. Mm. So like, I think there's a place for 3D animation, it's just got to be good about it. But there's actually one thing that I wanted to point out, which I thought was just fantastic, is the way that they portrayed Japanese cities, particularly Japanese cities at night. Mm. So in episode 12, which is right as right as things are coming to like an emotional like um crescendo in the arc about kaede and her amnesia and how um sakata's helping her achieve her goals and things like that he ends up taking her to the zoo and they stay at the zoo till very late and then he tells her he's going to take her on a shortcut and they start walking through these empty streets at night Mm -hmm. and I've walked through various cities in Japan at night like that. And I have to say it was exactly it it, it just took me almost immediately right back to be like walking in the middle of Shinjuku in the middle of night because it's the way it is, is that there's just nobody around. There's just nobody on those streets for the most part, like those back alley streets and stuff. Yeah. But you know there are millions of people around you, so it's like simultaneously <laughs> this feeling of being completely alone yet in the most jam packed place you've ever been in your life.
1: Yeah, I guess they are in Tokyo, right? Like in some outskirts of Tokyo. I can't remember where exactly. Yeah,
0: I, I think so. I, I they're either in Tokyo or they're in they're somewhere in like a, a fairly large metropolitan area. But man, it was spot on. It was just like the it was like one of the things that I always find yeah. pretty fascinating when i see anime and it like i see a scene and i kind of know where that scene's being taken place and i've kind of been to that place Mm -hmm. or i've been someplace very similar it's just so it was just so everything the sounds how everything was a bit soft but there was still kind of like you still knew there was activity it was just far away Mm -hmm. to the the lighting and like the stillness of things the lack of people you know, all of that was just so spot on. And I just thought they just did a really incredible job with a lot of those scenes. Yeah. So if you were to if you were to if you were to rate this show, I guess I me mean, let me change the question. Would you recommend to another person that they watch this show if you know that they were an anime fan, but maybe head straight away from it for similar reasons to you?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, You know, there there are people who just don't like this kind of genre. You know, those people who are all in on fantasy, all in on Gundams, all in on fight scenes and action. And that's fine. You don't have to watch this. But, you know, if you're just a general purveyor of the the form, <laughs> I think this was, this was a fabulous that anime was, to watch. That
0: was a hell of a sentence right there. If you're a general purveyor of the form, yes. The okay.
1: form, you know, the form of, uh, of, of the media that we are consuming here.
0: I feel like you have got a philosophy degree since the last time we, uh, mm. in aesthetics, prior to this, you know, recording of this episode. <laughs>
1: But yes, I would I would recommend this. It was good. I liked it.
0: As I was rewatching it, I remembered how good, how much I liked it and how good and just high quality it was. I was actually really excited when I think I got a couple text messages from you, which tended to imply that you were having a good time watching it as well. I was like, good, good, mm-hmm. because I was, ho- I was hoping it wasn't like, I was hoping, I, I was really hoping that you would like it. So, all right, well, let's do what we do. Out of 10, where are you rating this, Tommy?
1: Oh, man, this was... I was drawn into it. I wanted to watch more. I enjoyed all of the episodes. You know, this is a firm. Oh man. It's like a nine, nine and a half out of 10, right? It's right up there. It's really good. Yeah. Nine and
0: a half, nine, seven, five.
1: Always scared of saying 10 out of 10, but it was really good. I
0: can't, I, I just don't know that there that you can ever call something perfect but this is pretty damn close. It's it's almost got everything. maybe the only thing is that it's just not in a kind of like you were saying it's not in a genre that truly would that usually gets me truly pumped like an action genre or something like that. As I as I've stated before I really like, you know, action. I like dark that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I think the only thing for me that really gives it any sort of like loss is just the fact that it's my own personal preference on what anime I think is the, like, I guess the coolest or whatever. So, but yeah, I agree. Nine five, easy, easy easy rating, easy life, right? Easy
1: rating, easy life. Yeah,
0: this was a joy to watch. I had a lot of fun re-watching it over the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. especially after going through JoJo, which the first half of that show was not <laughs> not a joy. And then the second half gave me so much I had to think about. It was actually somewhat painful at times but <laughs> because yeah. it was so awesome. Just,
1: Just a fire hose of information. This one was a much more relaxing, enjoyable experience. I, won't, I,
0: won't I felt lie. like I had time to understand what Was going on, even if what was going on was inherently non-understandable, right? So it was a nice reprieve from Mm -hmm. the the you know fire hose blast of crazy shit that was JoJo, right? So uh, that's all I have to say about this subject. I assume that that's all for you. Is there anything else you wanted to throw in there?
1: I'm actually excited to go check out the movie. Like I want, I kind of want to watch that now.
0: (laughs) I kind of want to watch that too. I kind of want to watch it and review it now that we've done this and kind of give our thoughts on what are going. I also kind of want to read some of the books and maybe talk about that a bit if uh if i get around to it maybe we could do a little uh book report style episode or something and i could be like hey i read the first book do you guys want to know about it or maybe we could both read the first book that's going to be a little bit of a harder thing because it takes a little bit longer for us to read and analyze a book than it would to watch Mm -hmm. show I'm, i'm i'm imagining they're probably not too big usually these light novels are kind of like you know early high school late middle school aged like oh, uh, writing levels and stuff like that.
1: Light novels and manga, they have both. You can really get oh, into Oh, God. It, well, I don't think you
0: need okay maybe this is contentious <laughs> but I don't think you need to read the manga if you read yeah, the light yeah, novel yeah. and nice I think tough. that if the light novel came first you might as well skip the manga I know someone's gonna like wanna just, just skewer me on the internet and you can do so by emailing us at new.american.otaku at gmail.com <laughs> and let me know how wrong I am about my opinions or, or leave us a review on Apple that would actually be better as a matter of fact just you should do that you should leave us a review um, on any because the, the we're, we're there now Google yeah. or, or Spotify can you even leave reviews on on spotify i don't know if you could leave reviews know. on spotify if you can, you can just follow someone review us and let us know <laughs> yeah let us know if you can leave reviews by reviewing us <laughs> all right well what's next on the docket mr tommy what are we watching and what are we reviewing oh boy
1: i don't even remember but i do don't know remember. it's a long one
0: it is but, a long one yeah it involves weapons and except there's four heroes. Three of them have weapons except for one of them. One of them doesn't necessarily have a weapon. Right,
1: right, right, right. We are next up going to watch Rise, the Rising of Shield Hero.
0: Yeah. The Rising of Shield. This is a pretty contemporary one. I think this is probably maybe one of the closest to mm-hmm. now that we've done. We're actually, we've been discussing it and we're talking about maybe doing some more contemporary stuff after everything kind of wraps up for this latest season. And mm-hmm. you also have to remember we're recording these pretty far in what would be your, the listener's past to make sure that we can keep a consistent pace. So, but we're going to be trying to get to newer anime soon, but this is a step in that direction, I think. I'm pretty excited about it. Did you like this show? Because we both watched it, right?
1: We both already watched it and I I did enjoy the show quite a bit. It's a good Departure from the standard trope that it fills, so it's it's a fun watch. Yeah, I think
0: it's good to cleanse the palate from watching this, which is yeah, because we've been reviewing quite a bit of slice of life. We haven't done too too much. We try to try to keep it pretty diverse, but it I, I like the idea of not doing another slice of life right after this. So as always, you can watch the Rising of Shield Hero over the next couple of weeks and be ready to listen to our review, or you cannot. You can just have it spoiled. All right, thank you for listening to the new American Otaku. As always, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, or concerns, you can reach us at new.american.otaku at gmail.com. Also, if you like the show, don't forget to rate us, review us, and give us thumbs up and high star ratings on all of the different places that we are, such as Apple Podcasts or Google or whatever, because that really helps us get get the word out. And uh, if you could, share it with your friends. If you have some friends who are kind of into anime and want to hear a couple of dudes sit around and discuss some of their shows that they like uh that'd be really cool we'd really appreciate it Mm -hmm.
1: we sure would all right until next time adios